With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer brotherly hello. Welcome to the lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Music Family of Podcasts, and we got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. Going to be joined by Justin Perry. He does a great job as a handicapper over there at Odd Checker. He's also going to be doing a lot for this upcoming college basketball season as well. He's now a part of the Shot Quality Bets team. He does a little bit of work out there in the NFT space as well. So this man does a wide variety of things. Always delivers great nuggets whenever he joins this podcast. And we're going to be talking with him about some of the big playoff races that we're seeing right now. And we're also going to be turning that forward and taking a look at everything for Saturday as well. So going to have a great chat there. Then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Saturday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast, and you've got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. Maybe it does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. By that five star review, really did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today other than why is Tony LaRusa still employed? And I unfortunately do not have an answer to that question, but what I do have is a look back at everything that we wound up seeing in Major League Baseball on Friday. So let's do that. Try to find some trends and try to get to know that he seems a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. In a 1-2 count with two outs and men on second and third, keep in mind a two-strike count, Tony LaRusso intentionally walked 
Big Masher Oscar Gonzalez as his team winds up going down in a fiery heat by a count of 5-2. to two. An actually really good start here from Lance Lynn as he has really been struggling this season entering into this game with north of a 5-5 ERA. Gives up just one run in five and two-thirds innings. That one run, a solo shot to Jose Ramirez. His 23rd home run season, but then from there, Rinaldo Lopez gives up three runs in an inning. Jake Diekman, he gives up three walks, does not wind up getting a single out, gives charge with one earned run before Jimmy Lambert has to get to the final four outs of this one. And for the White Sox, stranded a man on third base with no outs. Couldn't drive a man, and the DK and pick was on over seven and a half, so that wound up being the difference in that. Once I'm a little bit salty there, it's Tristan McKenzie. He gives up two runs in the first inning and then settles down from there. Seven innings, giving up those two runs, both of which were in the first with 14 strikeouts. Trevor Steven a scoreless setting, and then Emmanuel Classe also able to provide a scoreless setting, getting two punch outs along the way as the Guardians. They continue to extend their lead over the Chicago White Sox and the Minnesota Twins. They're staying very live out there in that American League Central race. They take down the Walker Texas Rangers by a count of two to one as Martin Perez winds up giving up two runs over the course of six innings. Both of those were on solo shots. Luis Arias, seventh home run season, and Jose Miranda, his thirteenth home run season, and Dylan don't call him Al Bundy. Well, he looked much better than Al Bundy in this one, giving up one run in five and a third innings. Kale Theobar, pair of outside the bullpen before Yuan Duran, Ode Lopez, and Trevor McGill all offer a scoreless setting for the Rangers. They go just one of four with men in scoring position, so not a lot doing for them. Not a lot doing for the Miami Marlins, says the LA Dodgers. They win by kind of two to one, and for the Dodgers, just the 10th time in their 82 wins, in which it was via a one run win. All the other of their 82 wins have been by two plus runs, as Tyler Anderson dominant in this start. One run surrendered over the course of seven innings before you wind up having Chris Martin and Evan Phelps both provide a scoreless setting. Dodgers do wind up going 0 of 10 with men scoring position for those like myself with the run line, as Asus Cesardo, he was shoving in this one. One run surrendered in six and a third innings. Don't floral. He gives up a run in an inning. It's even occurred. Pair of outs out of the bullpen. And for the Miami Marlins, now a team that has scored three runs or fewer in 18 out of their last 19 games. That has been a little bit of sadness. This was pretty sad for the Detroit Tigers. They get shut out by the LA Angels. 1-0 the final. Patrick Sandoval, a complete game, giving up four hits along the way as the difference in this one, a Jared Walsh solo home run in the second inning. It's 15th home run season. Matt Manning, a tough luck loser. He gives up that solo home run. Three hits in total, one run in seven innings. So he did his part. Joey Menez, Jason Foley, they both provide a scoreless setting. But for the Detroit Tigers, they did not have a single at-bat with a man in scoring position. And not like the New York Yankees. Offense was a lot better on Friday. 4-0, to the Toronto Blue Jays get it done as the Yankees. I believe that they are now 9-16 in their last 25 games. Jameson Tyon, he gives up three runs over the course of five innings, including a homer to Teoscar Hernandez. 18th home run season. From their bullpen wasn't too bad. Trevino, Wandy Peralta, Jonathan Weisgat all provide a scoreless setting. Aroldo Shaman comes in for the ninth. He gave up a pair of walks and a run in his one-third of an inning before Ron Metanacchio gets a pair of outs out of the bullpen, but the Yankees go 0 of 2 with runners in scoring position. Just four hits in this one as Kevin Gosman was terrific. Seven scoreless settings. Amy Garcia, Jordan Romano, they both provide a scoreless setting as well. The New York Mets are now 33-10 and 10 this season, coming off of a loss. 7-2, they get the job done against the Philadelphia Phillies. Chris Bass had Eddie, a hook, line, and sinker, giving up two runs over the course of six innings from there. Adam Adovino, Yuli Rodriguez, along Trevor May, all provide a scoreless setting in for the Mets. Pete Alonso, 
home run number 30 of the season that comes off of Aaron Supernola who has not been so super at home giving up five runs over the course of five innings for Nola, 213 road ERA, a home ERA that is approaching right around 430. Meanwhile, Nick Nelson, scoreless hanging out of the bullpen. Sam Coonrod was able to give you two scoreless, but Andrew Bellotti, he gives up two runs over the course of his inning as well. These two teams are going to be set for a double dip on Saturday, so big for the Mets to be able to preserve those bullpen pieces. The Red Sox and the Orioles, they weren't able to preserve bullpen pieces because both of these teams wound up absolutely lighting up the scoreboard. 15 to 10, the Baltimore Orioles take down the New England Patriots. I mean, the Boston Red Sox. As for the Red Sox, Cutter Crawford with a start in which a Martian probably could have done a better job. And nine runs surrendered over the course of three and two thirds innings, including three homers. Going deep for the Baltimore Orioles, Ore Mateo. He winds up getting his 12th home run season. He winds up having Anthony Santander get his 11th home run of the season and Adelaide Rushman his 8th. And then Ryan Brazier will give up a home run to Ramon Urias. His 13th home run season, Ryan Mountcastle. He goes deep off of Edekaz Sadamona, his 17th home run season. Sadamona gives up his home run over the course of his third of an inning. And Ryan Brazier, he got two outs and he gave up five runs, including one of those homers. Jurisdiction Familia, four outs out of the bullpen and Matt Barnes and Matt Stram, Matt Squared, both provide a scoreless inning. And for the Red Sox, they lose despite the fact that they go 7-19 with men in scoring position. No home runs, but they were able to get to Jordan Lyles, getting four runs over the course of four innings off of him. Keegan Aiken, five unearned runs in this one. He was hurt by a pair of errors, including an Adley Rushman catcher's interference in this one. And Zick Vespi, he allowed a run in an inning as well. But Dylan Tate, CNL Perez, Felix Batista. All three wind up going a combined three and a third inning scoreless. So Baltimore, they're able to get it done. And for the Orioles, they are very much in the playoff race with the Tampa Bay Rays losing to the Kansas City Royals by a count of three to two in ten innings. And you do take a look at that wild card race right now. And for the Baltimore Orioles, they find themselves just one and a half games back of the Tampa Bay Rays for that final wild card spot. As for the Royals, Brady Singer, another good start. Two runs rendered over the course of six innings. Three runs are fierce rendered, and now each out of his last seven starts. Dylan Coleman, two scoreless innings from there, and Scott Barlow pitches a scoreless ninth and tenth inning to get this one in. And for the Royals, Bobby Wood Jr., 16th home run season that comes off of Shane McClanahan, which this loss is not on McClanahan. Two runs rendered over the course of seven innings. That's a pretty darn good start. Jason Adam, he winds up lending a scoreless inning. Jalen Beeks comes in for the ninth and the tenth inning, allowing an unearned run in the tenth inning as it was Mr. Massey that was able to provide an RBI sack fly that wound up being the difference in this one as for Michael Massey. He's been hitting above a 300 ever since getting called up to the big leagues for the Royals and the Royals all of a sudden who have been not so great this far this season. They've been able to show some signs of life being able to get a few plus money winners so give them credit where credit is due on that front. Gotta give credit to the Pittsburgh Pirates. They rally from down in the ninth inning to be able to win by a count of 5-4 to four as for the Reds. Graham Ashcraft, he winds up giving up 9 hits and 3 runs in total over the course of 6 and 2 thirds innings before Alexis Diaz gets it out of the bullpen. Revier de San Martin was able to give you a scoreless inning and then Joel Kuno puts a pair of men on base, gets one out, giving up 2 runs and then Ross Detweiler gives up the inherited runners for the Cincinnati Reds. Wound up having a pair of deep flies in this one as Nick Senzel, his fourth home run season, and TJ Friedel. He was able to get home run number one of the season. Those both come off of Bryce Wilson, who goes seven innings, giving up three runs, including those two bombs. Dwayne Underwood Jr. from there gets a pair of outs out of the bullpen while allowing an unearned run hurt by a pair of errors out there in the field. And then William Crow, final four outs of the game to be able to get this one to the window as the Pirates 
They go four of 10 with Ben in scoring position. And for the Reds, they have not scored four runs or fewer in 15 out of their last 17 games. Clearly, they have been affected by all the pieces that they wound up losing at the trade deadline. The Chicago Cubs, they wind up getting it done against the Milwaukee Brewers by a count of 8-7 to seven as Aaron Ashby has not been a good year for him. Six runs surrendered over the course of five innings, including a home run to Patrick Wisdom, 22nd home run the campaign. And then you would have Christopher Morell go deep off of Hobie Milner, who has seen a relatively rough go of things ever since the All-Star break. His 12th of the campaign, Milner gives up two runs over the course of an inning and takes the loss. Peter Strzelski along with Brian Boxberger both provide a scoreless setting. And then for the Brewers, they wound up getting a trio of bombs themselves. Rowdy Tillis, 25th home run season off of Keegan Thompson. Thompson also allows one Hunter Renfro, 22nd home run the campaign. And Andrew McCutcheon goes deep for his 14th as Keegan Thompson allows all three bombs, five runs in total over the course of three and two-thirds innings. From there, Kervin Castro gives you one and two-thirds innings, giving up two runs along the way. But then Michael Rucker, Mark Leiter Jr., Brandon Hughes all provide a scoreless setting. And Stephen Brault, a pair of outs out of the bullpen. And the Chicago Cubs, ever since the All-Star break, They've been showing a little bit of a heartbeat. Got to give a little bit of credit where credit is due as the Chicago Cubs, all of a sudden, they have been able to open up a four-game win streak. So they've been able to do a little bit of a better job here in the month of August despite losing a few pieces at the trade deadline. The Seattle Mariners are doing a very solid job. They wind up taking down the Oakland A's by kind of 10-2 as for Seattle, Marco Gonzalez, a pretty solid start. Two runs, one of which was earned, surrendered over the course of five and a third innings. Matt Brash, a pair of outs of the bullpen, and the Seattle Mariners just continue to be great with this bullpen. Chris Flexen now in relief. Ben Murphy and Diego Castillo all provide a scoreless innings, and, and Eugenio Suarez. Two home runs and five RBI in this one. His 21st and 22nd home run season. Cole Irvin had allowed two home runs at home all season long prior to the start. He allows those two bombs to Suarez, giving up six runs, five of which were earned over the course of six innings. Looks like regression starting to set in. Sam Ball was able to get four outs out of the bullpen, and then he did have Nore Ruiz, who wanted coming in for one and two-thirds innings, giving up four runs, two of which were earned along the way. Things to be a little bit of a rough sledding for the Oakland A's. Not tough for the St. Louis Cardinals on Friday, though. They wind up taking down the Arizona Diamondbacks by a count of five to one. Goldie, Paul Goldschmidt, goes deep off of his former team. 30th home run of the season for Tommy Henry. He gives up that home run. And, I mean, a tough luck loss, in my opinion. Gives up that one solo home run over the course of five and a third innings. And then Kevin Ginkle lights the game on fire. Four runs, three of which were earned, given up in one and a third innings. And when you set it gets for us on the bullpen, and then you do wind up having a scoreless setting from Tyler Holton. But the Diamondbacks, nothing doing on offense as Miles Michaelis. He winds up going eight innings, giving up just one run along the way. And then Jordan Nix, he was able to provide a scoreless nine thing to get that one in. The Colorado Rockies, they wind up taking down the San Francisco Giants by a count of 7-4 to on the Giants. Back below 559 and 6, he has. Jack Peterson was able to go deep for his 18th home run season as Jose Reina. Reina all over that one. Three runs surrendered over the course of six and two-thirds innings, including that home run. Lucas Gilbreth gives up a run while getting just one out of the bullpen before Carlos Aceves and Daniel Bard provides Quillis' eighth and ninth innings. And for the Colorado Rockies, a pair of home runs in this one. Home runs number two and three of the season for Eligirius Montero. So that was big for them. And then Connor Joe makes a single. His sixth home run season as Alex Wood gives up all three of those bombs. Seven runs in total over the course of four and two-thirds innings. Bullpen wasn't bad from there. Dominic Leon, Tyler Rogers both provide a squirrel setting. Alex Young, four outs out of the bullpen, but damage was done by Mr. Wood having the wood laid to him. The Atlanta Braves, they take down the Houston Astros by a count of six to two as for Houston, 
Not the cert that they were looking for from Lance McCullers Jr. In his rehab appearances at the minor league level, he did wind up struggling. Three runs surrendered over the course of five innings, including a homer to Austin Riley, 31st home run season. From there, Phil Maine, a part of a bullpen that is number one in the big leagues in terms of ERA, gives up three runs over the course of an inning, but Will Smith, Hector Narese both provide a scoreless inning in. Kyle Tucker, he goes deep in this one. 22nd home run season, but for the Atlanta Braves, Kyle right now has 15 wins. He gives up that homer, two runs in total over the course of six innings. Call me Q, two scoreless innings, and then Kenley Jansen. He's able to chip in there, a scoreless inning as well. And then the San Diego Padres, in north of minus 325 favorites, Wind up losing to the Washington Nationals as Josh Hader completely torpedoes the game. He winds up giving up three runs, two of which were earned without getting a single out. And for Josh Hader, ever since the beginning of the month of July, his ERA is north of nine. Good grief. Blake Snell wound up getting the start in this one. Gives up three runs over the course of five innings doing this as it's 6-3 to three in the ninth inning. So wrapping up as I do this podcast because I need to have it up by midnight Pacific time. But with that said, the big shot that wanted coming off of Josh Hader, Alex Call. He gets called up as a 27-year-old rookie. First career home run for him as Paulo Espino gives up three runs over the course of four and a third innings. Far from a terrific start out of him as he walked four, but Victor Rano pair of outside the bullpen and then Steve Ciszek, Carl Edwards Jr., Arasimo Ramirez, they piecemeal things together for a scoreless inning. And right now, if you're looking at betting on minus $3 favorites, if you've taken the money line for $100 on every one of these teams at minus 300 or more, you're now down more than $1,300 for the year. So I encourage you guys to not be doing that in these San Diego Padres Exhibit A as to why. And if you do take a look at the season to date, currently in Major League Baseball, we have been seeing favorites having a relatively solid go of it, a little bit over 60% hit rate for the season, 1,065 and 710 is their record straight up. And home favorites especially, 676 and 444 straight up, so that's right around 60.4%. But home favorites have had a tough time being able to cover the run line. 206 instances in which the home favorite has not been able to cover the run line. Overall, unders for the season have been able to do a right around 51.5% job of being able to cover 868 unders to 817 overs. And if you take a look at the last three days, so just a little bit past the all-star break. It's been relatively even, Steven, between overs and unders, 190 unders to 188 overs. And in the Times fan favorites, they are 248 and 155, hitting at a little bit over 61.5%, with home favorites really being dominant, 154 and 84 straight up. So nearly 65% there with these home favorites being able to cover the run line in all but 38 instances. So that's what we wound up seeing in Major League Baseball on Friday, and that's what we're getting trend-wise coming up next. We are going to be talking with our good friend Justin Perry. He does a great job being able to take a look at the game of baseball. Terrific handicap. We're going to be taking a look at Saturday's slates along with what we're getting out there in these playoff races. Next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Houston Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. 
I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And always great to have on our guests as Justin Perry is doing absolutely amazing work. You're able to catch him over at such places like Odds Checker. I know that when it comes to college basketball, you're able to catch him over there at Shock Quality as he does a great job. Take a look at the game of basketball there for those that are involved in NFTs. Collective XYZ is where you're able to find them on that front. Guy does a little bit of everything as it is Justin Perry joining me on the podcast. And to be able to follow him on Twitter, easy enough. Justin Perry, last name is both P-E-R-R-I and then the number eight on the back half of that for his Twitter handle. And Justin, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Greg, it is always such a Pleasure to be here. Super excited to chat a little bit about what's going on in the MLB right now. Getting pretty close to the playoffs. Yes, sir, we are. And these playoff races, they are getting very hot and heavy. And why do you take a look at the playoff picture right now? Who have been some of the teams that have been really climbing up or down the list for you? Because I take a look at things and I don't think they're going to be able to win the World Series by any stretch of the imagination. But I really like the way that the St. Louis Cardinals have been playing because I do think that they're going to be able to win that central division. And I don't think that they could knock off maybe a team like the Braves, the Mets, or even the Dodgers out there in the National League. But I think that they could be a big pest. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing maybe the mistake that the Yankees made in giving away Jordan Montgomery. He has been lights out, a great addition to a team that we know has a very potent offense. We're seeing it almost every time they face a lefty. You cannot run out a southpaw against these guys. They will score runs against you. So it's going to be very interesting to see how some of the playoff rotations stack up against the St. Louis team. I'm very interested to see, you know, this feels like the last hurrah for the Wainwright and the Pujols and the Yachty dynasty, if you will. And with Goldie and Arenado there, it's not a bad mix. Yep, and you mentioned it, that you can't trot out there a southpaw. They wound up throwing out their dead on Friday, and then on Saturday – they're going to be trotting out their Madison Bumgarner. Now he's going to be going up against a guy in Dakota Hudson that I always feel jaded by him because 
He gets right around like five strikeouts per nine innings. He gives up a little bit under four walks per nine innings. And yet somehow, some ways, ERA isn't six. And I take a look at this game with a total of eight and a half. It just feels a little bit too low for me. I recognize that Arizona has been able to do a good, better job of being able to go yard when they've been on the road rather than at home. But I take a look at both of these pitchers. I really have no faith in either of them being able to keep this total under. Yeah, no, I was about to say, no faith in either pitcher. Sounds like a great overplay to me, Greg. I fully agree. Dakota Hudson has not been up to snuff this season. His numbers look better than they do if you go by expected, well, expected weighted on base average. His ERA should be a little closer to that five and a half mark rather than like the 4.17 he's been throwing to. It has not looked great in terms of his expected batting average either in the bottom 5% of the league. So he should give up a good amount of hits against this Diamondbacks roster that even missing Ketel Marte right now can still put up some runs. Christian Walker having a powerful season. So I wouldn't be shocked to see both teams scoring in that matchup on Saturday. And post all-star break, Walker's been able to do a little bit of better job of being able to move the line, get on base as well. So I do think that that's very key as Justin Perry does a great job being able to follow the game of baseball along with college basketball. He is joining me right here on the podcast. And I mentioned how I like the way that the Cardinals are playing right now. A team that I don't like the way that they're playing, that'd be the San Diego Padres. We were sitting here a little bit over a week ago and many in our industry we're thinking that the Padres were a team that was having some relatively solid value to be able to win the World Series. I was never one that necessarily bought into them because I felt like even with all the moves that they made and even if they got back Fernando Tatis Jr., they were still staring at being the fourth best team in the National League. But I didn't think it would be so bad that they wanted getting one hit in the first six innings of their game on Thursday against Anibal Sanchez and Jake McGee of the Washington Nationals. And Take a look at Saturday. They're once again right around a minus 320 to a minus 325 favorite. And I'm not going to go out here and make the Nationals a favorite on my handicap line or anything like that. But getting between plus 270 and plus 280 on a guy in Josiah Gray who's actually been good on the road. This just feels like it's overreactionary. People still have not come down from the fact that the Padres, they did wind up making pieces at the trade deadline, but are unwilling to accept the fact that it's just not working out the way that many thought it was going to. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at some of those Annabelle Sanchez lines for yesterday, and I believe he was something like minus 600 to not record a win. So for him to walk out of there with the W was pretty incredible. And the Padres have been a mystery. Blake Snell is throwing a great year, which is another mystery. I mean, what an improvement for him. He's going Friday night, but I don't really know what to say about either of these teams right now. I think the Nationals kind of have that end of the year vibe where they're letting young guys play and and these kids are out there sort of trying to show that they're good enough while maybe the Padres kind of feel like, you know, we've done all this, maybe we've locked up a playoff spot, you know, which they actually haven't, but you know, still they probably feel like they're so good now with this addition of Juan Soto that maybe they're taking it a little bit too easy. The mentality's not there. The issue with Tatis and the suspension is definitely morally and mentally debilitating to this team that thought they would have this studded lineup. And like you said, they're the fourth best team in the National League at best. And that's just looking at that insane hitting. Their pitching staff has been lackluster. I don't think you Darvish is the type of pitcher you can rely on late in the season and in the postseason. To your point, right now the Padres one and a half games clear going into their game Friday night in the final wild card spot in the National League. So very, very far from done there. And I do think that it is a little bit mysterious to take a look at them because obviously they're not going to be able to catch that top team. 
out there in the National League West in the LA Dodgers. And it's not been formally announced yet, but it looks like we're going to be getting Dustin May on Saturday. I think that this is going to be a very big start for Dustin May if he does wind up indeed making it. Because with the LA Dodgers, they've been dealing with a few injuries. Clayton Kershaw, he's been off and on hurt all season long, yet somehow, someway, guys like Tyler Anderson, Tony Gonsolin, They've been able to piecemeal together really, really good starts. And I do feel like there might be a little bit of regression with those guys. So I feel like Dustin May coming back is coming back at just the right time. And I took a look at Dustin May a little bit during his rehab, some of his minor league appearances, and was very impressed by this. And I think that's going to be very interesting to take a look at how he winds up performing both of this game and moving forward, because that could be the X factor that allows the Dodgers to be able to avoid what we see from them time and time again, and that would be in early postseason exit. Yeah, no, Dustin May could prove to be a massive beast to what this Dodgers organization is trying to do. He has been rehabbing a little bit down in AAA for the Oklahoma City Dodgers recently, and his numbers look pretty good. I mean, in his last two starts, he's racked up 18 strikeouts in 10 innings. Of course, this isn't major league competition, but you have to think the Dodgers are excited to see the K stuff. Fooling hitters into swinging and missing or getting called strikes does tend to translate better than, you know, maybe a lot of hits and not scoring runs on them. So this should be an interesting addition to this Dodgers team, who, of course, is, uh, you know, sorely missing Walker Bueller. What a prospect it would be for them right now with how they are cooking to have his arm in the rotation. It's just unfortunate he's not here. One of the best young arms in the game for sure. But I don't know, this Dodgers team, the last month and a half is making such a good case of like, how are you going to trust anyone else right now? Looks like the Mets are faltering a little. The Yankees, I barely even want to get into it because I'm a hometown Yankees guy and it has just been abysmal. It feels like it's the Dodgers World Series to lose at the moment. Yep. And I mean, you mentioned the New York Yankees. I don't want to pour salt in the wound (laughs) here, but I just take a look at that American League. And right now, I just feel like by far that number one team is the Houston Astros with the way that they're playing now. They're going to be an underdog on Saturday because they're on the road facing off against the Atlanta Braves, who throughout their Spencer Strider has been amazing this season. But I take a look at this Astros team. Number one in the league in terms of bullpen ERA. They made some great acquisitions at the trade deadline. Good in Christian Vasquez. Trey Mancini has already hit three home runs for them since the trade deadline. I take a look at this Astros team, and I just feel like they're very clearly the team to beat in the American League. And I think the difference between they and everyone else in the American League is much bigger than that in the National League because I can make a case for the Dodgers. I can make a case for the Mets. I can make a case for the Braves. I don't know if I can for the Cardinals, but they're starting to rise up as well. Meanwhile, in the American League, it feels like it's really a fight for number three after the New York Yankees at number two. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. And and to your point, I mean, this might be the last time you can see the St. Louis Cardinals at like a 30 to one odds to win the World Series. I, I don't think it's the craziest sprinkle. This team might have that magic this season to do something crazy. But yeah, no, the Yankees are falling off. The Astros have moved to what, like four to one to win the World Series. They were five to one about a month ago. So the market has taken notice. And that's with the massive Yankee tax that you just have, especially right now with how much volume in terms of betting there is in New York. I don't know what to make of this team. I know that there's a lot of excuses, valid excuses that can be made. Of course, DJ LeMay, who we know after a bunch of seasons now, this guy plays a lot better when he's not dinged up. And he is dinged up right now. They're missing John Carlo. They hurt. They lost Matt Carpenter. It feels like it's Aaron Judge and the AAA squad at the moment. So I'm trying not to crucify them too much. It feels like they have like the C squad out there right now. Let's see if they can get healthy, maybe make a push late. They're still, what, 10 games up? So they have the cushion. It just doesn't 
feel good, but this might be one of the best times to get some decent value on them. Who knows? The one guy that just doesn't provide value for me when it comes to the Yankees, though, that would be Garrett Cole who's going to be getting the start on Saturday because I do take a look at this Yankees rotation. And no doubt the trade for Frankie Montas is not working out. He's got north of a 6 ERA away from Oakland. I think that the Yankees need to take a look at those home and road splits a little bit more, not give away Jordan Montgomery for a guy in Harrison Bader that has played as many games for the Yankees as myself. That was a bad move. I felt like it was a bad move at the time, but I take a look at Garrett Cole, and right now he's between about a minus 185 to a minus 190 favorite against the Blue Jays, who they throw out their Mitch White, no question, not one of their A-list guys, but certainly not Jose Barrios along with Yusei Kikuchi as well, so that's a little bit of an upgrade for them. But I just take a look at the Yankees, and I do think that there are good spots to be able to take them because when it comes to guys like Nestor Cortez, they've been able to do a solid job of being able to lend some value. Garrett Cole is just not the guy that does that for the Yankees, though, just because he's such a big name. And even though he's a relatively solid pitcher, I don't feel like he should be right around like a minus 185 to a minus 190 in this spot. No, it is almost impossible, especially if you're a Yankee fan, to be taking Garrett Cole at those numbers. I mean, we have just seen his propensity to blow up. He had three starts in a row, end of July, start of August, where he conceded more than four runs, right? Seven plus hits. He's allowed four plus hits in like, Well, that's not nearly the crucifixion that it could be. But nonetheless, it has not been that pretty for Garrett Cole. The strikeout numbers haven't been impressive as they were maybe earlier in the year where he was able to put together some of these double-digit strikeout days. I don't know. Having trouble against the Rays and the Mariners does not give me too much hope for how he's going to be able to do against the Blue Jays, who actually have been hitting a little bit better of late. Vlad Guerrero Jr. has a pretty good hitting run right now. I believe he's gotten aboard safely by hit in about 23 of his last 25 games. So when he's swinging well, usually the Blue Jays do well too. I don't know. This is a big series for me. I think the Yankees are in desperate need of a win on Friday night. They need to take this series. And you know what? The Blue Jays haven't won a series in August themselves. So we'll see if the Yankees can uh, continue that or if they're the domino that falls. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the Bronx this weekend as going into Friday. We don't know what wound up happening with the game at the time of this recording but Yankees three runs or fewer in eight out of their last nine games on offense that is not what I expected to be saying on this podcast as we do have Justin Perry joining me and Justin when it comes to what we're all seeing for Saturday no doubt a few games are currently off the board it is not confirmed whether or not we're gonna get Dustin May for the Dodgers looking like we should but books are holding off there obviously the double dip between the Mets and the Phillies as we typically get with doubleheaders No numbers currently up on those games, but is there anything that you are taking a look at for Saturday, whether it be a bet or just something that you want to see in general, be able to take in a little bit of information for being able to take a look at a team for a stretch run? Yeah, you know, I think a game that has kind of landed on my radar is this battle between Seattle and Oakland, and I really hesitated to call it a battle. I just don't see Oakland as much of a threat right now. I believe they still do have the worst home record in baseball, it's pretty much like they don't have a home field advantage, right? And Seattle is in a race for these wild card spots. Every game kind of matters to them. Gilbert hitting the mound for them tomorrow. I just think that the 17 and 39 Oakland A's in their own stadium don't really stand much of a chance. I know it's a little steep at minus 185, minus 180 right now. I think you can get it at DraftKings, but I wouldn't be shocked to see this one 
hit like minus 195. And with them on the road, you get that promised ninth inning at bat. So if you're going to take this team maybe on a run line, this is a pretty good spot to do it. I think the Mariners are playing some good ball. So I'll be looking at that one for a Saturday play. And the A's among guys have had at least 25 at-bats this season. Nobody hitting above a 250 because Oakland very, very much a pitcher-friendly ballpark. To your point, what we've been seeing in terms of the bullpen of the Seattle Mariners, it has been very solid. And the man that is going to be getting the start of Logan Gilbert, he's been dominant as well, but not as dominant as you, Justin. You do an amazing job taking a look at the game of baseball. I know that you've joined us on VEASAN quite a bit. You do some great work over there at places like Godchecker. I know that for the college basketball season, you're getting set with regards to shock quality data as well. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, definitely give us a look over at shock quality. If you haven't heard of what we do, it is some of the best predictive data in all of basketball, in my opinion. Super excited to be joining the team for this season. We're building some great tools over at shotqualitybets.com to give everybody access to our awesome data, honestly. So I'm kind of running that right now, getting these tools basically built. So give us a follow, Shot Quality Bets on Twitter. We're going to have some great stuff. And then, of course, I'm over at Justin Perry 8. You can catch me all over the place, but I'm always happy to come here and talk some baseball with you, Greg. I can't wait for the next time. I can't wait as well as Justin always delivers the kids on this podcast. It's an amazing job taking a look at the game of baseball. And looks like we're going to need to get him on during the college basketball season as well. Shot Quality does an amazing job taking a look at the game of college basketball. And every single time Justin is on here, always does great work. So big thanks to him for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Saturday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. 
I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is 
finally here. I'm gonna be honest, I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. 
And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get Justin Perry on the show. Does an amazing job taking a look at the game of baseball for a wide variety of platforms, including Odds Checker, has joined me on this podcast many, many times and always delivers the goods. And we'll need to get him on the college basketball podcast once that gets in season as well, as he does a great job over there at Shot Quality. So big thanks to Justin for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Saturday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and the Interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. The lone exception is going to be the doubleheader that we are going to be getting. I'm going to do both of those games all together. Both of those games do not have numbers as I currently record this podcast as well because the Mets, they are right now determining which pitcher is going to be going in game one or in game two. So let's dive in and start with that doubleheader. 951, 952, and 957, 958 on the betting board. It is the Mets on the road against the Philadelphia Phillies for a pair. We know that in game one, it's going to be Zach Whelan and Dylan Wheeler going for the Phillies. And in game two, it is going to be Bailey Falter who is going to be going for the Philadelphia Phillies. Right now, we just don't know if David Peterson is going to be going in game one or game two for the Mets. And Trevor Williams is going to be going in game one or game two for the Mets. Right now, ESPN has in game one David Peterson and Zach Wheeler. And then Williams versus Falter in game two. So that is how I'm going to handicap this. There's going to be a little bit of change if we do wind up seeing some switcheroonies. As I do have Peterson right around 15 or so cents better. Even perhaps 20 in the right circumstance over Trevor Williams. So do keep that in mind. But... If we do wind up getting Peterson against Wheeler, I'd be setting the Phillies at a minus 152 in terms of being a favorite. Seven half or less looking at an over eight or higher to the under with the Philadelphia Phillies. They've been dealing with a lot of ailments with the lineup. It's not just been Bryce Harper, but they finally got back Kyle Schwarber yesterday. He's been able to supply north of 30 home runs. The batting average has been a little bit low, which is why you do need guys behind him to be able to get on base. GT Riumito, Nick Cassianos, Reese Hoskins, they're only about a 250 to 262 with Hoskins being able to give the team 26 home runs. And you do want to take a look at the righty and lefty splits of Reese Hoskins as well as he has been having a little bit of inconsistency with that regard, hitting a 236 against righties above 300 against lefties. So he has been able to absolutely rake against left-handed pitching this season. And David Peterson, he is a lefty. So do keep that in mind, but when it comes to this New York Mets team, they should be able to do a solid job towards the bottom of the fold for both Peterson and Williams when they do wind up going up against guys like Matt Veerling and company. They do have a few guys like Bryson South that they need to pick it up and in the Mets, I do think that they've got a little bit of an edge when it comes to the offense as you've got Pete Alonso who led the big leagues in terms of home runs per game on the road last season. He's got 29 bombs thus far this season. He has now reached 100 RBI. He, Francisco Lindor, Brandon Nimmo throwing their Marcana, allowing at least a 260 for this bunch. Daniel Vogelback ever since the team wanted picking him up. He's been able to do a good job of being able to supply the boom and just is really a locker room guy in general. Hitting right around at 270. The on-base has been solid but really just brings a lot of life to this team. Taylor Naquin has been able to give the team multiple homers. They've been dealing with a little bit of ailment to Eduardo Escobar and Brett Batty. He has been able to step up for this team. Now, in terms of the bullpen, I do feel like the Phillies have a little bit more because Brad Hanser or Anthony Dominguez they have been very dominant in the 8th and ninth innings. You've been able to have Corey Canable 
able to do a solid job in the seventh inning. They pick up David Robertson at the trade deadline, and Connor Brogdon has been solid for the Mets. Edwin Diaz has been a lights-out closer, but problem has been getting the ball to him. Now, Seth Lugo, ever since the All-Star break, he's been able to perform at his best, being able to post up a sub-2 ERA ever since then, so that has been able to help them out. Michael Givens has not been necessarily terrific in the bullpen. I like Adam Adovino and Yoli Rodriguez. He's had his ups and downs, so that is something to take note of, which is why I do have the Phillies as a relatively sizable favorite against Peterson, and I do like David Peterson. For one, he's done a very good job of being able to uphold the Peterson name, and for two, take a look at what he's been able to do on the road. 251 ODRA. It's given up five home runs over the course of 43 innings. That's certainly passable. Opponents overall this season, they're in a 220 off of him. He does sometimes knock himself out of games a little bit too early, a little bit over four walks per nine innings, but swinging his stuff is there. He's able to get over 10 strikeouts per nine innings. Zach Wheeler, meanwhile, he has just been completely dominant in Philadelphia. It's hard to make him an underdog whenever he's at home because he's got a buck 57 home ERA compared to a 436 on the road. You've got to have your handicap quite different when you wind up having Zach Wheeler at home versus on the road. It's given up five home runs over the course of 68 and two-thirds innings. Punish it just a buck 86 off of him, so he has been lights out, so I did wind up making the Phillies minus 152 with Wheeler going up against David Peterson in game number one with a total, once again, seven after less to the over, eight or higher to the under, and then Trevor Williams versus Bailey Falter. I would be setting the Phillies at a plus 113. I make them the underdog. If Peterson goes here, I'd probably be setting the Mets more around about a minus 130 or so favorite, give or take a little bit of a touchdown with Trevor Williams. He's actually been really good out of the bullpen, and he hasn't necessarily been so great as a starter, which I do find to be very intriguing. His ERA is sub-3 when he is coming out of the bullpen, and he's had his struggles when he has been on the road as well for Williams, a 418 ERA on the road, giving up five home runs over the course of 28 innings. Opponents earning a 264 off of him, but has been able to do a solid job holding down the fort in terms of walks, right around 2.6 walks per nine innings. And for Bailey Falter, he's given up the deep ball. He's given up over two home runs per nine innings. He has been someone that has been very inconsistent in terms of his starts because you just don't know when he's going to get thrown out there. He had quite a few in July. This is going to be his first start in the month of August, so it has been very much touch and go, but three plus runs surrendered in three out of his last five starts, and someone who just has not been able to necessarily lend a lot of length, despite the fact that the walks are not bad with him, right around 2.4 walks per nine innings, and I do think that he's backed up by a little bit of a better bullpen in this spot, but I do think that Trevor Williams has a pitching advantage here, and I think that the Mets, they have a little bit more in terms of lineup as well. So, in Williams versus Falter, made the Mets minus 113, and this is a total that it goes way higher. In Peterson versus Wheeler, an 8 or higher is a take on the under. This is a spot in which a 9 or less, I'm looking at the over, 9.5 or higher to the under as we go 9.53, 9.54 on the bank board. The Milwaukee Brewers at the road face off against the Chicago Cubs. Marcus Roman is going to be going for the Cubs, and Freddie Peralta is going to be on the bump for the Brewers. The Brewers are between minus 125 and minus 135 favorites. Between plus 115 and plus 120 is your price on the Cubs. And right now we're seeing an initial line of an half on this total with the under at a minus 115, and the over is minus 105. Looks like the wind is going to be blowing out in Wrigley Field, and this just seems like way too low of a total. I do recognize the fact that the wind hasn't been as impactful this year at Wrigley, but it looks like it's going to be right around 8 to 10 mile per hour winds blowing out, and this feels like too low of a total given the circumstances, and Freddie Peralta hasn't necessarily been lights out either, and you take a look at Marcus Stroman at home for the Chicago Cubs, and he has been far from terrific at home. I want him making my total in this spot of 9.8 to where 
and effortless. I'd be taking a look at an over because with Marcus Stroman, as far as the season, it's been very touch and go with him. Three runs or more surrendered in each out of his last three starts, and he's got a 781 home ERA compared to a 208 road ERA. Now, a little bit of a small sample size, six home starts, but he's given up eight bombs in 27 and two-thirds innings. Has been a little bit unlucky as to when his starts have fallen, but he's been far from great, and Freddy Peralta has a 421 ERA, and he's spent much of the year on the injured list. Has actually been better on the road with a 259 road ERA compared to a 567 home ERA and has been able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up three home runs over the course of 51 and a third innings. But walks have always been a little bit of a factor with him. He is once again giving up over three and a half walks per nine innings. Opponents are in just a 214 off of him. He's able to get swings and misses, but because Peralta does wind up giving up a lot of walks, unable to lend a lot of length. Last time he won more than five innings in a start, April 16th. That's a little bit of a problem. Now with the Milwaukee Brewers, you do have a trio of guys that are able to provide at least 20 home runs for the team. As Rowdy Tellez, William Adamas, Hunter Renfro, all at least 22 home runs. Renfro, he's been able to get a home run every about 13 and a half or so at-bats. The problem with the Brewers is that you don't necessarily have that one move-the-line sort of guy in the lineup as Mike Barrasso has been able to about a 265, and that's their best hitter. Yes, you've got Andrew McCutcheon, Christian Yelich, Renfro I mentioned earlier, Colton Wong, Jace Peterson when he's been healthy as he's been injured for quite a while, all in between about a 244 to a 254. And then on the flip side for the Chicago Cubs, you don't necessarily have as much power. Patrick Wisdom has been able to go deep 22 times this far this season. He's also on pace for 200 strikeouts, but got a lot of guys that they do a nice job of being able to move the line, like Nico Horner is hitting a 300 in app, along with Wilson Contreras. Both have right around a 355 on base. And for Contreras, he's been able to go yard 19 times this season. Christopher Morrell, David Bodie, they're both hitting about a 260 as well. Nick Madrigal, when he's been out there, as he's been banged up, he's been able to do a relatively solid job as well. Now, the Cubs, they did wind up selling off quite a few bullpen pieces at the deadline. And both teams really had a dumpster dive in their bullpen yesterday. But you take a look at Eric Uelman and Rowan Wick. And both of these guys have been solid post-All-Star break, especially Wick, who he had a really rough go of it in June. But... Ever since the All-Star break, a sub-2 ERA that has been very encouraging for this team. And for the Brewers, you've got a guy in Devin Williams who, in his last 38 pitching appearances, has allowed one earned run. There's been a few unearned runs that have been surrendered by him, but he's been able to do a solid job for this team. Matt Bush is a deadline acquisition that hasn't been so great. Trevor Kelly as a long guy, not necessarily terrific, but Hobie Milner has been able to do a good job along with Brad Boxberger. Milner has seen a little bit of regression, but still right around a 360 ERA for the season. Boxberger sitting at a sub-3. Brent Suter has been up and down as well, but I do think that the Brewers, they should be a slight favorite in this spot. I was willing to set them as a minus 116. I think that Peralta going to be able to give a little bit of a better start than Stroman, but I do think that the Cubs going to be able to do a solid job of being able to move the line. Anything north of a plus 115 was willing to take a shot here on the Cubs, so I'm going to be taking a look at the Cubs, as right now I'm seeing a lot of like plus 117, plus 118-ish in terms of this line, so going to be taking a look at the Cubs on the money line, and I'm going to be taking a look at the 8.5 over as we go to my DK Nation pick, 955, 956 on the betting board, it is the Cincinnati Reds, yes we are on to Cincinnati and they're under the road to phase off against the Pittsburgh Pirates as Tyler Beatty is going to be on the bump for the Buckos and Justin Dunn, going to look to get her done. For the Red Likes, the Pirates are anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120 favorites. Between even money and plus 108, your price on Cincinnati, 8.5 to 9 is your total. On the 9, the over and the under, both at minus 110. On the 8.5, the over is minus 120, and the under is even. DK Nation pick is going to be on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Boy, I haven't taken them on the money line too much this season, but here we go. As I wound up saying them at a minus 145 because Justin Dunn is completely terrible. 
He has made two starts thus far this season. He's given up four walks and four home runs at eight and a third innings as he has been completely tattooed. As It has not been well for him. You take a look at the last time he was at the big league level. He was giving up nearly six walks per nine innings the season before. He was not sharp at the minor league level. There is no indication whatsoever that Justin Dunn is going to be able to get her done here. Meanwhile, for Tyler Beattie, it took him a start or two to be able to get things under his belt, but he's been good as a long guy this season. Has some starting experience with the San Francisco Giants. Now, his home ERA is a 471 compared to a 296 on the road, but he's been able to hold the ball in the yard, giving up right around 0.8 home runs per nine innings. What you really fear with him is walks, right around 4.3 walks per nine innings, but opponents are about a 253 off of him, and it's going up against a Reds lineup in which they're just not the same on the road as compared to at home. They've been averaging a little bit over five runs per game at home on the road. It's been more like three and a half runs per contest. Now, when it comes to the Reds, they do wind up getting Jonathan India back in the fold, but once again, Joey Votto, as he's always done, he's back to being a little bit injured. He was out of the fold yesterday and just have a lot of dead bats towards the bottom of the fold as got guys like TJ Friedel, Jose Barrero, Michael Pryprisky, all hitting a 225 or lower for the team. Mike Moussakis has had a season to forget as well. And then for the Pittsburgh Pirates, Brian Reynolds is still giving you an effort. 20 home runs this season. He had a multi-home run game a little bit earlier this week. He, Kevin Newman, both hitting at least a 260. Now, Cabrian Ace being on the injured list that hurts, but Ben Gamble, Michael Chavis, Jason DeLay, they're all hitting at least a 240 for the team. Chavis, a double-digit amount of homers. When you wind up getting into Ondiel Cruz, Gregory Allen, you're able to throw in there even someone like a Bly Modaris. These guys hitting sub-200. That's a little bit of an issue, but Pirates also have a little bit of a leg up in terms of the bullpen. The Cincinnati Reds dead last in terms of bullpen ERA. Ian Gabot, Hunter Strickland, throw in there Luis Sessa. All these guys have north of a 5 ERA. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, you got to figure that Tyler Beattie probably not going to go more than three or four innings, which means that you rely upon guys like Chase Young and William Crow. And both of these guys have been able to provide a sub 3-4 ERA. Both of these guys are able to fill multiple innings. You've been able to get some very good innings out of Colin Holderman, who thus far this season, he's posted up a sub-2 ERA. Dwayne Underwood Jr. is able to give you multiple innings. I do think that the Pittsburgh Pirates get to do a good job of being able to mix and match your bullpen. And Justin Dunn, I think that he's going to be done very early in this one. And I think that he's going to give up a whole bunch of walks like he has been doing throughout his MLB career. DK Nation pick is going to be on the Pittsburgh Pirates' money line. Willing to lay up to a minus 145 with that. Also, do I'm saying Metro at a 9.1. Don't think it's going to be a supreme start here for Meaty. I just think it's going to be worse for Dunn. So, looking at the over and the DK Nation pick on the Pittsburgh Pirates. 957-958. That was a part of the Mets versus Phillies double dip. So, we move on to 959-960 on the bang board. The Arizona Diamondbacks. They are going to be playing OC St. Louis Cardinals as the code Hudson is going to be on the bump for the cards. And you've got Mad Bum, Madison Bumgarner going for Arizona. With the Cardinals, it's anywhere between minus 130 and minus 135 that they are favored. And you've got anywhere between plus 115 and plus 125. Your price on Arizona, 8.5 to 9 is your total on the 8.5. The over is minus 120 and the under is even on the 9. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even and minus 110. And with the St. Louis Cardinals, do you mind saying them? A minus 138 favorite. We were talking about this with Justin. Really don't have too much faith in either of these starters as... When it comes to Dakota Hudson, it's just been mind-blowing that this guy has not posted up a career ERA of like 7. Because every single time you watch him, this guy is in danger. He very much relies upon being able to kick ground balls. And for his career, Dakota Hudson has been able to do a very solid job of being able to get those ground ball outs. But at the same time, when you've got 5.1 strikeouts per 9 innings, 4.1 walks per 9, that's a very dangerous game to be playing as fielding independent. More around at 4.5 compared to his 4.17 ERA. And for Madison Bumgarner, 
Things have just went straight down the toilet bowl for this man. He's been able to do a better job at home rather than on the road, but you just take a look at the numbers this season. He's getting right around six strikeouts per nine innings. He's only like 33 years old, which I find to be absolutely remarkable because with the way that he has been in the league for so long, it feels like he's been pitching for about 500 million billion years. That's a discussion for another day, though. But you do take a look at Madison Bumgarner, and over the course of his last six starts, it has not been pretty. Posting up a 6-1-9 ERA in this time span, giving up four home runs in these starts over the course of 36 and a third innings, and the walks are starting to creep up. He's been giving up in this time span right around three walks per nine innings overall for the season. Mad Bum has been giving up in the neighborhood about three walks per nine innings, so not ideal there. And then he's not backed up by a great bullpen either, as Sean Poppin, along with Kyle Nelson, Abadillo injuries. Joe Mantiply has been solid for this Arizona Diamondbacks bullpen, but past that you haven't necessarily been able to have a lot of guys be able to give you good innings. Meanwhile, for the St. Louis Cardinals, they do back up Hudson with a significantly better bullpen. Ryan Elsley, sub-1 ERA entering into the series. Giovanni Gallegos, Genesis Cabrera have been solid all season long as both of these guys are 325 ERA or better. Cabrera is able to give you multiple innings. Jojo Romero is someone that they're going to need to give a few innings to as well with a few injuries, but Packy McNaughton he's able to be a long guy. You do take a look at this Arizona Diamondbacks bunch and it's a team that they just wind up lacking the offense that they show on the road at home as they get right around 1.35 home runs per game when they are on the road at home. More like 0.9. Christian Walker has been incredible since the All-Star break. He's got 29 home runs overall for the season. Hitting a 223 overall for the campaign but ever since the All-Star break he's been hitting more around 260 but he along with Carson Kelly, Sergio Alcantara, Geraldo Perdomo, you're able to throw on there Jordan Luplo. You've got many, many guys. Seth Beer hitting a 225 or lower for the team. They're currently without Quitel Marte of the Marte Parte, but you do have Josh Ross, who's been able to about a 280. Dalton Varsho, he's hitting a 240. 16 bombs for him. Emmanuel Rivera, he's already got four home runs in his brief tenure with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then for St. Louis, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, a combined 54 home runs going into yesterday's game. Goldschmidt has been able to get on base all throughout the season. Albert Pools is hitting nearly at 375 since the All-Star break. He's all of a sudden been able to find something. Paul DeYoung who wound up having a cataclysmically bad start to the season. Ever since the All-Star break, he's got a 340 on base. So the raw numbers of the St. Louis Cardinals for the season, not reflective of how the offense is performing right now. I do think that they're going to be able to get to bad bum and this bum of a bullpen as well. So I do wind up saying the Cardinals had a minus 138. I'm willing to lay with them. Want to take a 8.5 or a 9 over as well as I said my total and a 9.2. So looking over and looking Cardinals. 961-962 on the bang board. The San Francisco Giants hit the road face off against the Colorado Rockies as Ryan Viltner is going to be going for the Rocks and Alex Cobb is on the bump for the Giants. The Giants are a favorite of anywhere between minus 162 and minus 170. Anywhere between plus 145 and plus 155, your price on Colorado. 10.5 to 11 is your total on the 10.5. The over is minus 120. The under is even on the 11. Over and under are both at minus 110. I did wind up setting my total at an 11.7. I'm looking at the over now with Alex Cobb. He has been getting very unlucky this season. Just seemingly every single ball in play winds up finding the wrong spot as for Alex Cobb, he's got a 399 ERA and a 4 and 6 record with a fielding independent that is at a 305. He's been able to get 9.5 strikeouts per 9 innings, right around 2.8 walks per 9. And you do take a look at Alex Cobb's struggles, and most of them have wound up coming on the road as Alex Cobb has been relatively dominant when he has been in San Francisco this season, posting up a 286 ERA compared to an ERA that touches right around 6 on the road. Now, his walk rate, very constant. 
home to road. He has been giving up a little bit more of the deep ball on the road, but still, one home run surrender per nine innings. So it's been a case of which he has been not necessarily getting the luck of the draw there. And then for a good friend, Mr. Feltner, it's been rough for him home and road. 6.56 home ERA, 6.26 ERA on the road. Opponents have really been able to just tattoo him where he's been. His home batting average is only a 2.66 compared to a 3.06 on the road, but certainly has been a very tough go of it for him. And it's not like he's giving up a bunch of walks, right around 2.7-ish walks per nine innings. And he is backed up by a Colorado Rockies lineup in which they've been able to do their best work at home, hitting about 40 points higher towards the batting average at home. And the big thing for them is that on the road, they get right around 0.65 home runs per game. Meanwhile, at home, this winds up going to right around 1.2. Someone like a CJ Crone. He's been able to get 23 home runs this season. 17 have come at home. Brendan Rodgers, all but one of his home runs. They have wound up coming at home this season. You've got someone like Randall Gritchick hitting below the Mendoza line of 200 when he's on the road. At home, he's hitting closer to about a 290. So, you've seen some demonstrative splits there. Meanwhile, for the San Francisco Giants, Jock Peterson and Wilmer Flores have really been your two main matchers. And combined 33 home runs out of these two gentlemen, I'm really not sure how the Giants have been a top 10 offense in terms of runs per game. They do a good job of being able to platoon, but still, you've got these two guys along with Evelyn Gloria, Tommy Vassella, only between about a 245 to 255. Luis Gonzalez has been able to move the line, but he's been out for a little bit. Meanwhile, Lamonte Wade Jr., Mikey Stremski, Brandon Crawford, all these guys, and at 225 or Laura Joey Bart has been a big help to the team ever since the All-Star break, hitting above a 300 in that time span, but when it comes to both of these bullpens, they have both been relatively awful. Now, the Giants have been able to pick it up a little bit more. John Brebbia, Jarlene Garcia, Camilo Duvall, they have all been able to give you a sub-3 ERA. Meanwhile, with the Rockies, Lucas Gilbreth has been his best at home. Sub-3 ERA at home, north of a 5-5 ERA on the road to Nelson Lamette is something I do like in the bullpen as well, but they're currently dealing with an injury to Alex Colomay. Tyler Kinley remains out for the season. Carlos Aceves, he has been all over the place as well. So I do think that the Giants should be able to do a relatively solid job of being able to get to Ryan Feltner, but with that said, it has been a Giants bullpen that they themselves have been relatively shaky, and the Rockies, they've got one of the most demonstrative home field advantages out there in baseball. I was willing to take pretty much a plus 149 or greater with the Rockies. We're seeing this north of a plus 150. I cannot trust in the Giants being able to get the job done as this big of a favorite, so I'm going to be taking a shot here on Colorado. Did what I'm saying my total north of 11, as a matter of fact, north of 11 and a half, so looking at the over as well. 963, 964 on the bang board. It is the Washington Nationals on the road facing off against the San Diego Padres. He says Joe Musgrove is on the bump for the pods, and Josiah Gray is on the bump for the Nationals. 7.5 is your total over and under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. The Padres are the biggest favorite on the board. You're finding them anywhere between minus 310 to a minus 340. Meanwhile, between plus 265 and plus 285 is your price on Washington. The Nationals should not be a favorite here. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, but what have the Padres done to warrant being this big of a favorite against a guy in Josiah Gray who's actually been relatively solid on the road. Now, with Josiah Gray, you always fear that he's going to wind up giving up the deep ball because he's given up 31 home runs this season. That leads the MLB and that leads the MLB but quite a bit, but you take a look at Josiah Gray and he's got a 321 road ERA and a 5-1 record at 11 starts away from home. Now, he has still away from home been giving up north of two home runs per nine innings, but opponents are going to get 205 off of him. He has been able to do a very solid job being able to get over 10.5 strikeouts 
for nine innings, and Joe Musgrove has really seen some regression. Ever since the All-Star break, he's given up three-plus runs in three out of his last five starts. One of those starts wound up coming against the Miami Marlins, who was in an almighty funk on offense as well. He gives up six runs at home to a Colorado Rockies team that they cannot wind up hitting on the road. For Joe Musgrove, 287 home ERA overall this season, and it's been able to do a solid job keeping the ball in the yard, giving up right around 1.1, 1.2 home runs per nine innings, but we have not seen Joe Musgrove at his best, and for the Padres, Josh Hader is broken and needs to be repaired in the bullpen. You see in Lewis Garcia be able to do a relatively solid job for this team. Andre Marajon, Nick Martinez. I mean, these are guys that are able to give you multiple innings. Either these guys are terrific bullpen pieces, but they're competent. And for the Washington Nationals, that's a key word. Their bullpen is competent. Carl Edwards Jr., Kyle Finnegan, Steve Ciszek. None of these guys are lighting it up by any stretch of the imagination, but they're posting up right around 3.75 ERAs. Carl Edwards Jr. has been a little bit better with more like a 3 ERA. Jake McGee is someone that you don't want any part of, but by and large, they've been able to do an okay job. And for the Washington Nationals, they do lose Juan Soto and Josh Bell, but you've got Luke Voigt who's been able to do a solid job for the team. He's been able to pound out 16 home runs thus far this season. Lane Thomas, Cubetta Wee, Cesar Hernandez, Nelson Cruz, all these guys in between about a 2.33 to a 250. C.J. Abrams, he's a guy with a lot of promise that is now getting some at-bats as well. And for the Padres, got a trio of guys with 22-plus home runs in Brandon Drury, Manny Machado, Juan Soto. Soto's got north of a four-arm base, but he's sitting right around at 255 as he, Hassan Kim, Oreo Faro, you're able to throw in there, Will Myers, in mean, between about a 250 to 265 direction profile. He's been with about a 245 as well, but for the Padres, they are averaging the third-fewest runs per game at home of any team in base ball in the National League this season. That is something that I think could wind up being a little bit of a bugaboo. Certainly, I think that the Padres should be a favorite. I don't think that they warrant being north of a $3 favorite. I mean, if we're setting the Nationals at this line right now, imagine what winds up happening when they face off against the LA Dodgers. So, I mean, this is one of these cases which I am going to be taking a look at the Nationals, getting a plus price. I think that this line is a little bit out of whack. And when it comes to this total, I did wind up saying it at 7.8. I think that Yosai Gray is going to give up the deep ball. Musgrove going to continue to struggle a little bit as well. So, look at the over along with a big plus price with Washington. 965, 966 on the betting board. It is the Miami Marlins in the red face off against the LA Dodgers. To be determined is going to be going for the Dodgers and Braxton Garrett is on the bump for Miami. So this is a game that is presently off the board. The expectation is we are going to be able to get the redhead Dustin May in this game. And if it is Mayday, I am setting the Dodgers as a minus 244 favorite on the money line. We'll be willing to lay minus 137 on the run line with a total of 7.2. So a 7 or less. We'll be looking at an over seven half prior to the under. Braxton Garrett, despite his two and six record, this guy has been actually really good for the Miami Marlins recently. You take a look at what he's been able to do over his last six starts, and he's been posting up a sub 3-5 ERA. He's been able to do a great job in terms of getting swings and misses in this time span, getting over 10 strikeouts per nine innings overall for the season. He's been getting right around nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings, giving up one home run per nine innings. Has seen some road struggles with a 4.40 ERA on the road compared to a 2.45 at home, but Braxton Garrett's been able to do a relatively solid job. You take a look at what Dustin May was able to do at the AAA level, though, and he had given up one run or fewer in every one of his starts appearances. He was starting to go four to five innings. His strikeouts per nine rate north of 13. He was absolutely mowing them down. Now, got to figure that the Dodgers are going to be taking a little bit of a cautious approach. Got to figure that the Dodgers bullpen probably going to be up and active in this game, but we do have a pair of guys 
Caleb Ferguson, Evan Phillips, they have been supreme in this bullpen, both posting up sub-buck 50 ERAs. You've had Chris Martin, Craig Kimbrell, not necessarily be able to do the job for the team, but I do like what Alex Vecia has been able to do. And Ryan Pepiot, I could see him perhaps becoming a little bit more of a long guy for this team with having now back in the fold Dustin May. So going to be interesting to see what happens with that dynamic. And the Dodgers, as we know, they're going to be able to back him up with one of the best offenses that you're able to find in baseball. As Mookie Betts at the leadoff spot, 27 bombs, hitting a 270. And Will Smith is hitting a 270 as well with 17 home runs. He, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, as a matter of fact, all between 16 and 18 home runs. You do have a little bit of a power outage towards the bottom of the fold. Someone like a Trey Thompson doesn't necessarily go deep for you, but he and Justin Turner, both hitting between about a 250 to a 260. These guys have been solid. Gavin Lux hitting nearly a 300. The Albatross is for the scene, but guys like Joey Gallo, Austin Barnes, Cody Bellinger, and for the Miami Marlins, it's just all about not getting any offense whatsoever. In the starting lineup yesterday, you had one guy with more than six home runs for the season in A.C. Saguiar. He's hitting right around a 235. Miguel Ross is hitting about a 240. And, and John Birdie is hitting a 270. Whenever Garrett Cooper's been out there, he's been solid, but he's been banged up. And then you wind up having so many guys like Jacob Sellings, J.J. Belady, Peyton Budre, Gerard Incarnacion. These guys in a 225 or lower, and it's just an issue for the Miami Marlins. They did wind up trading away quite a few of their bullpen pieces as well. They still have Dylan Floro. They've been able to do a solid job of being able to get some good innings to Tanner Scott as well, as he's been a little bit up and down. And they do wind up getting Cole Solzer back as well. But I do think that Garrett, he's going to be able to lend a good start for the Miami Marlins. He's just going to get no run support whatsoever, making the Dodgers minus 244 on the money line. So need at least a plus 245 to take a shot on the Miami Marlins, seven or less. Looking at the over 7 half or higher to the under as we go 967-968 on the betting board. It is the Toronto Blue Jays in their own faceoff against the New York Yankees as Garrett Cole is going to be going for the Yankees. And Mitch White is on the bump for Toronto. Toronto is an underdog of any routine plus 152 and plus 170. Meanwhile, between minus 172 and minus 185, your price on the Yankees. 7.5 to 8 is your total on the 7.5. Over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. On the 8, the under is minus 115. And the over is minus 105. Needed at least a plus 170 to be able to take a shot on the Toronto Blue Jays. And we've been able to get there in a few spots right now. We're hovering more on about a plus 160 to a plus 165. In a lot of places, we're seeing pretty much a peak of right around plus 170. But that's something that I'd be willing to take with the Toronto Blue Jays because with Garrett Cole, we were laying it out with our good friend Justin Perry. Certainly, he's been able to do a good job of being able to give the team swings and misses. He's still a very good pitcher. He just shouldn't be priced quite like this. With Cole, we have seen him give up quite a few deep balls this season with right around 1.45 home runs per nine innings. He's been better at home rather than on the road, though. He still has been giving up right around 1.2 home runs per game when he's been at Yankee Stadium. He has been posting up a 294 home ERA compared to a 379 ERA on the road. And Mitch White, far from terrific, far from terrible. 372 ERA overall for the season. One away from Los Angeles. His ERA does mind him going up a little bit north of four, but he's been able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up less than a home run per nine innings. Walks can sometimes be a little bit of an issue right around 3.1, 3.2 blocks per nine innings. He gets right around seven at strikeouts per nine innings, but he is facing this Yankees lineup at just the right time as he's got a lot of injuries. Giancarlo San saw the full DJ turn it up. LeMayu, he doesn't necessarily look to be himself either, and for the Toronto Blue Jays, that is not the case. As Alejandro Kirk, Lourdes Gurriel, they're both hitting above 300. We have seen Vlager or Jr. really be able to step it up recently. He's up to 26 home runs thanks to being able to pound up five deep balls over the last 15 days. 
You've had Bo Bichette be able to come back into the fold. George Springer, he wound up having, I believe it was a 4-8 game a little bit earlier in the series. And I mean, for the Yankees, he still have Aaron Judge. He has been incredible north of 100 RBI, 46 home runs. Anthony Rizzo, he has went deep 28 times thus far this season. But he and Josh Donaldson, both hanging between about 8-220 to 225. They have sent up Oswaldo Cabrera. He needs a little bit of seasoning himself. Isaiah Canerfalefa, Jose Trevino, they both hit a right around 8-265. But on top of that, the Yankees bullpen starting to look a little bit more shaky. Clay Holmes, he has currently landed on the injured list. Scott Efres, he's been a little bit up and down since getting to New York. Now, I like Ron Medanacchio. He's been able to post up right around two ERA. Wadi Peralta, Albert Abreu. These guys have been able to give you a sub-3 ERA, but for the Blue Jays, their bullpen all of a sudden has been able to fortify itself as David Phelps. When he's been with the Blue Jays, Zach Pop, Yimmy Garcia, Adam Simber, all these guys giving you an ERA of a 305 or better. Anthony Bass winds up coming into the fold as well. So I do think that the Toronto Blue Jays do present some value in this spot. I do think the Cole is going to give up some runs. And I think that Mitch White is going to wind up giving up a deep ball or two to a Yankees lineup that they're not going to continue to score three runs or fewer entering into the game that we wind up seeing on Friday. Three runs or fewer in now eight out of their last nine contests. So I do think you're going to be able to get a little bit of an uptick there. I'm willing to take a shot on the over semi-total at 8. And made the Blue Jays wear a plus 170 or greater. Wanted to take a shot on them. 960 die, 970 on the bang board. The LA Angels are going to be in the road faceoff against the Detroit Tigers as Tyler Alexander is going to be going for the Tigers and Reed Detmers is on the bump for the Angels. And the Angels, they find themselves a mid-sized favorite. Anywhere between minus 142 and a minus 150. Meanwhile, you're going to be getting the Detroit Tigers anywhere between about a plus 125 to a plus 138 with 7.5 being your total, the over and the under. And minus 110 in both spots. I'm seeing a straight under of minus 120, and that makes the over even. And when it comes to the Angels, I was willing to set them as a minus 136 favorite, so need at least a plus 136 to take a shot on Detroit. And we have gone there with regards to the Detroit Tigers, and you know what? Tyler Alexander wound up beginning the season pitching primarily out of the bullpen. He's been able to do a good job of being able to lend some length recently. He wound up going seven strong innings against Cleveland Guardians and start a little bit earlier this month. He has given up three runs or fewer in every one of his starts since coming off the injured list. He's been able to do a solid job of being able to hold down the fourth for this team. 334 home area. Does a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up one home run per nine innings is issuing right around 2.3, 2.4 walks per nine innings. And then you do take a look at the flip side for Reed Detmers. And ever since he wound up really getting a little bit of a demotion, I think that he wound up having to go down to the minor leagues a little bit. He has been absolutely dominant. As he has given up seven runs, six of which earned over the course of his last six starts since the beginning of the month of July. So he has been nothing short of magnificent. He is starting to blossom for an Angels team that they need anything to go right for them at this point. As overall for the season, Detmer is giving up 1.25 home runs per nine innings, right around 3.3 walks per nine. But, I mean, recently, this guy has actually been one of the best pitchers out there in the big leagues. But the problem for our good friend, Mr. Detmers, is that he is backed up by an offense that it is relatively rough. Now, the good news is Mike Trout is back in the fold for the LA Angels. Who knows what form of Mike Trout we're going to be seeing. It's going to be a case which I don't think that he's going to be fully 100% in this series. It's going to take a few games for him to be able to get back to what he once was as Trout, Shoy Otani, Luis Ranifo, along Taylor Ward overall for the season. In between about a 262 and 270, though, with Taylor Ward, you're able to throw on their Jared Walsh over the last 45 days. Both of these guys are hanging right around at 200 as both of these guys have a combined 30 home runs this campaign. Shoy Otani, he has been incredible for this team, being able to pound out right around 26, 27 home runs. So he's on his part, but when you wind up getting into guys like Jose Rojas, Kurt Suzuki, Andrew Velasquez hitting a sub 200, that's an issue. And 
Speaking of sub-200 hitters, you got a lot of guys for the Detroit Tigers that are finding themselves in that fold or close to it as Jameer Candelario, Jonathan Scope, Tucker Barnard, Akil Badu, Cody Clements, all hitting a T20 or lower for the team. I will say, been able to get some good production out of Kerry Carpenter, who recently got brought up to the big leagues. Javi Baez has been able to go deep 11 times, and right now that leads the team as the Tigers as a collective. They've got fewer home runs than Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo do as a duo, but been able to have Riley Green be able to do a good job of being able to move the line for this team. Willie Castro has been able to do a solid job as well, hitting right around 250, but where I think that the Detroit Tigers have value is in the bullpen because you've got a bullpen that they do rank in the top six in terms of ERA. Been able to get good innings all season long out of Will Vest, Gregory Soto, Jason Foley, Jose Cicerno since he's been off the injured list, Alex Lang, Joey Menace, all these guys posting up a sub 3-5 ERA of Lanth Andrew Chafin. And then for the LA Angels, Ryan Tapera, Aaron Lupar both posting up north of four ERAs. Jimmy Arrogant along with Jose Cuyata. Both of these guys have been able to give you a sub-3 ERA. That has been beneficial for the team, but that bullpen pitching has not been great. I do think that both of these starters are going to be able to lend some solid length. I think that both of these guys are going to be able to do a solid job. So as a result, I do mind saying my total at a 7. I'm looking at the under. I'm with the Tigers. Plus 136 or greater. Want to take a shot on them as we go 971-972 on the betting board. The Boston Red Sox on the road face against the Baltimore Orioles as Kyle Bradish is going to be going for the Orioles and Michael Waka is going to be on the bump for the Red Sox. Red Sox are a slight favorite. I think we're team minus 112 and minus 120 between even money and plus 105 is your price on Baltimore. 8.5 is your total. Seeing a couple straight nines out there as well on the nine. Unders between minus 120 and minus 125. Overs any routine plus 105 and even on the 8.5. Overs between minus 110 and minus 120. Unders between even and minus 110. I did wind up saying my total at an 8.7 and this is one of these circumstances in which I would rather have the 8.5 over rather than the nine under just because I don't necessarily have a ton of faith in Kyle Bradish. Bradish has been able to do a little bit of a better job recently, but you take a look at the overall season numbers for our good friend Mr. Bradish, a 638 ERA, having given up right around 1.8 home runs per nine innings. That is a big-time issue, and at home, a 652 ERA, giving up 10 bombs in 38 and two-thirds innings. Recent four for Kyle Bradish has been a tad bit better as he has given up three runs or fewer in each out of his last four starts, but he's given up approximately three in two of those as well. And then for Michael Waka, he looked very solid in his first start off the injured list against the New York Yankees. But I do think that that was a matter of a little bit of fortunate circumstance for Waka. And you take a look at the advanced numbers, this is going to be just his second start since the end of June. And with Michael Waka, he's got a fielding independent that's right around a 370. His ERA is a 244. He's been getting quite lucky because he's not getting as many swings and misses as he has throughout his career. For his career, right around 8 punch outs per 9 innings this year, right around 6.9. Now, walks have not been too bad, right around 2.7 walks per 9 innings, but pitching out there in Boston, you do wind up giving up a few deep flies, especially with that green monster. So, his home numbers especially, I do think that we're going to see a little bit of regression there. Now, he does wind up getting the benefit of pitching in Camden Yards in this one, as you do take a look at Walken. He's got a buck 14 home ERA compared to a 379 ERA on the road. So, that illustrates my point right there. And you do take a look at this Boston Red Sox team, and got guys are able to move the line as Rafael Devers, along Xander Bogarts, both of these guys are hitting north of a 295 this season with Devers being able to supply 24 plus home runs. You've had a big giant slide though with J.D. Martinez. He wanted getting the day off yesterday and rightfully so. The guy's been hitting below a 200 over the last two months. Now Rob Snyder, when he's been out there and it's been not very often, he's been able to above a 300 for the team. Christian Arroyo along with Alex Verdugo. They're both hitting in that pocket of about a 275 to 280. Tommy Pham ever since he's come over for the team. To be able to do a solid job, but you still have guys like Bobby Dahlbeck, Kevin Plowacki, Kike Hernandez, and a 220 or lower end for the Baltimore Orioles. 
relatively good balance with this team as Austin the Say's kid. Anthony Santander, Ryan Moncastle, Adelie Rushman, Cedric Mullins, Ryan McKenna, all these guys. In between about a 245 to a 265 Santander, he has been able to go deep 21 times as far this season. Mountcastle, 15 plus home runs. Cedric Mullins, along with Ore Mateo and Mateo, he's been able to above a 300 since the All-Star break. He leads the American League in terms of stolen bases. Both of these guys have been able to supply 24 plus stolen bases as well. And for Baltimore, you do have a very good bullpen with this team as well as Joey Kreeble, Felix Batista, CNL Perez, Dylan Tate, Keegan Aiken, I'll be able to provide a 3-2 ERA or better. Meanwhile, for the Boston Red Sox post-all-star break, they've got the worst bullpen ERA out there in the big leagues. Ryan Brazier, Austin Barnes. These guys have not been right all season long. Austin Davis, throw him in there. Among guys with north of a 5 ERA, Darwin Hernandez, whenever they've given him, and Caleb Ort innings. Boy, it's not great here. Woodlock, he's been able to do a tremendous job, but they're currently dealing with a little bit of an injury to Tanner Houck as well. Jurisdiction Familia is someone that was a big giant Pusseroni with the Philadelphia Phillies as well. So, I do place my faith here in the Baltimore Orioles. I do wind up making them a minus 106 favorite. I like the lineup. I like the way that the bullpen has been able to pitch for them. So I was willing to make them a very slight favorite. I'm going to be taking a look at Baltimore in this spot. Wound up setting my total a little bit north of an 8.5 as well. I'm going to be looking at the 8.5 over. And I'm going to be taking a look at the Baltimore Orioles on the money line as well. 973-974 on the betting board. It is the Kansas City Royals. They threw it face off against the Tampa Bay Rays. Drew Rasmussen is going to be going for the Rays. And Chris with the K. Bubich is on the bump for the Royals. Royals are an underdog of any between plus 180 and plus 190. Meanwhile, the Rays are finding themselves as hefty favorites. Anywhere between a minus 205 and a minus 220, with 7 being your total. Overs between minus 110 and minus 120. Unders anywhere between even and minus 110. And I did want to make my total at 7.6. I'm going to be taking a look at the over in this spot. I needed at least a plus 192 to be able to take a shot on the Kansas City Royals. And we are getting there with the Kansas City Royals. So taking a little bit of a flyer on Chris with the K. Bubich because when it comes to Drew Rasmussen, he is coming off that absolutely supreme performance. He very nearly wound up having a perfect game. And typically guys that wind up coming off of that sort of performance, they do wind up having a little bit of a flat spot the start after for one so just a little bit of a mentality thing but on top of that, when it comes to Drew Rasmussen, it has been a little bit touch and go for him. Now, he's in by far his best stretch of the season. He has given up a combined five earned runs over the course of his last five starts. It has been very much a case in which he winds up either getting completely destroyed or he winds up lending a very good start. And he's been at his best at home. Buck 87, Omiari compared to a 386 ERA on the road. But he hasn't necessarily been too much of a swing and miss guy with Rasmussen. He gets right around 7.3, 7.4 strikeouts per nine innings. And the numbers seem to point in form of a little bit of regression for Rasmussen here in the back half of the season as overall for the season he's got a 280 ERA, 336 fielding independent while he's only been able to give up right around 2.3 walks per nine innings. It certainly has been a case in which he's been getting a little bit lucky on the balls in play and you're going up against a Kansas City Royals team in which you got MJ Melendez along with Salvador Perez and Bobby Wood Jr. all providing 14 plus home runs so that'll be able to help them out. Vinny Pasquintino ever since the All-Star break has been able to above a 3 for this team. Hunter Dozier sitting right around 245. He is back at the fold as well. Nicky Lopez has been able to do a solid job of being able to move the line in. Positive progression seems to be in line for our good friend Chris with the K. Bubich, and it's been happening. His ERA has been north of five. His fielding independent is about a half a point lower. He's been giving up right around 1.2 home runs per nine innings, and for our good friend Chris with the K. Bubich, because of a couple unfortunate starts that wound up happening towards the beginning part of the season, both of which at home, he's got some pretty demonstrative home and road splits of his own. As take a look at him on the road, he's got a 481 road ERA compared to a 536 home ERA. He's been giving up right around 1.4 home runs 
per nine innings when he has been on the road, but has been able to do a solid job of being able to get some swings and misses as well with right around eight punch outs per nine innings now. Backed up by a bullpen that is relatively grody with the Kansas City Royals as Joe Pyams been a little bit banged up all season long. He's had his ups and downs, being able to provide an ERA that was right around a 3-5, and now he's on the injured list. Dylan Coleman along Scott Barlow, though. They've got a sub-3 ERA. Amir Garrett has been a little bit better for this team. He's got a 4-28 ERA. Still not necessarily the world's greatest reliever, but has not given up a run in his last 13 appearances. So, a little bit of credit where credit is due for him. The Tampa Bay Rays, they certainly have the more supreme bullpen in this circumstance as you've got Jason Adam, who's providing a sub-2 ERA. Colin Pooch, Brooks, Ray, both of these guys giving you a 3 ERA or better. Pete Fairbanks has been solid since coming off the injured list as well. But with the Tampa Bay Rays, not necessarily a lot of firepower in this lineup. Randy Rosarena is right now leading the way. He's been able to supply 16 home runs and do have guys that are able to move the line. Rosarena, I mentioned a little bit earlier, coupled with David Peralta, both hitting between about a 245 to a 255. But G-Man Choi, he's been hitting below the Mendoza line of 200 over the last three days. Isaac Paredes is hitting at 215, has been able to supply 14 to 15 home runs. And Roman Quinn, since joining the team, has been able to hit about a 250. They get back Harold Ramirez, who's been hitting above 300. But it's been a hot mess for a Tampa Bay Rays team that ranks in the bottom 10 in terms of runs per game. I do think that the Kansas City Royals, with the lineup being able to show a little bit more fight, it is going to be able to do a okay job will be able to get to Guy and Drew Rasmussen that I think it's going to see a little bit of regression after that good start that we wound up seeing last time out where he very nearly wound up being able to make some baseball history. Did wind up saying my draw at 7.6 as a result looking over and looking at the Royals at a plus 190 or greater. 975-976 on the betting board. The Cleveland Guardians they play OC Chicago White Sox. Johnny Cueto is going to be going for the White Sox and Shane Bieber hopes to have a fever for the Guardians. Guardians are a favorite of any team. Minus 155 and minus 165. Meanwhile if you're taking a look at the White Sox, Zang routine plus 140 and plus 157 half is your total under Zang routine minus 115 and minus 125. The over is between minus 105 and plus 105. And when it comes to the Guardians, I could only wind up setting them at a minus 143. I've been very impressed by how Johnny Cueto has been able to perform this season. And under the radar, Johnny Cueto has been a much better pitcher on the road than he has been at home. Much needed for a Chicago White Sox team, which things have been just all over the place for them overall for the season. Cueto giving up right around 0.9 home runs per nine innings has been able to do a good job of being able to keep the walks down as he's given up in the pocket about two walks per nine innings, but a 2-1-2 road ERA compared to a 3-36 ERA at home on the road. He's giving up right around 0.7 home runs per nine innings. Opponents overall, they've been able to get to him hitting at 262, and this is a Cleveland Guardians team that they've got a bunch of guys that are able to do a solid job of being able to move the line at home. They are actually dead last in the big leagues in terms of home runs on a per-game basis, but you've got a mid-Rosario, Josh Naylor, Jose Ramirez, Steven Kwan, Andres Jimenez, Oscar Gonzalez, all hitting at least a 275 for the same, but Ramirez, really the only guy that's been able to provide north of 15 home runs, 22 bombs, 98 RBI, going into what we wound up seeing yesterday. Do have a couple dead bats like Luke Mele, Miles Strong Company, but by and large, Guardians been able to move the line. They are the best team and not striking out in the big leagues, but this is also a White Sox team that they lead the big leagues in terms of batting average on the road as well. Eli Menes, Andrew Vaughn, Jose Abreu, all in at least a 290 for this team, and you've got Abreu and Vaughn both providing a double-digit amount of homers for a White Sox team that they themselves are in the bottom 5-5 
five in terms of home runs on a per game basis. And you do need to get a little bit more from the bottom. Yes, Manny Grandal, Juan Moncada, Lori Garcia. These guys are in a 225 or lower. If they bring in Elvis Andrews, that should be able to help out this lineup just a little bit. Josh Harrison, he's been able to find it as well after he wound up having a very, very rough start to the season. And he's made a few pitching appearances as well. He's been hitting right around 300 since the All-Star break for the White Sox. Ronaldo Lopez, Jimmy Lambert, pair of failed starters. They've been able to come out of the bullpen and do an absolutely supreme job for the team, posting up sub three ERAs. You've got Kendall Graveman and Liam Hendricks able to close the door on them for the Guardians. Gotta love what this bullpen has been able to do all season long. Emmanuel Classe has turned himself into a top two closer in the big leagues. Nick Sandlin, Trevor Steven, both of these guys firing a sub three ERA. James Karinchek in the eighth inning has been incredible. And Yelde Los Santos right around a 3 2 ERA as well. So I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to have good pitching performances. And for Shane Bieber, ever since he wound up having struggles in which he wound up giving up three plus runs in five out of his last six starts, he's been able to shape up, giving up a combined five runs over the course of his last four starts, going six plus innings, and every one of them eight plus punch outs in three of those starts as well. But you do take a look at Bieber, and he's got a 351 home ERA compared to a 3 ERA on the road. This is despite the fact that he's given up nine home runs in 90 innings on the road. Compared to just two home runs in 48 and two-thirds innings at home, opponents have been able to just lay the wood on him a little bit more at home. I do think that that's going to be an issue, and I think that Johnny Cueto, he's going to be firing all cylinders as well. I'm willing to take the White Sox at anything north of a plus 143, and when it comes to this total, I did wind up saying it at a 7.7 with the way that both of these teams make contact. So, looking over, and I'm going to be looking at the White Sox. As we go 977-978 on the bang board, it is the Texas Rangers on the road facing off against the Minnesota Twins. Chris Archer is going to be going for the Twins. Glenn Otto on the bump for the Texas Rangers. Total is 8.5 with the over anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even a minus 110. When it comes to Texas, they're an underdog of anywhere between plus 135 and plus 148. Meanwhile, with Minnesota, you're going to be getting them between between minus 155 and minus 160. When it comes to Texas, needed at least a plus 172 to be able to take a shot. If you're taking a look at the Minnesota Twins run line, you're going to be able to get a rather nice plus price on the run line. And that's where I'm going to be looking in this spot because I do think that it's going to be a higher scoring game. Finding it anywhere between a plus 125 to a plus 130. This run line laying around an F with the Twins, by the way, I needed at least a plus 115. And when it comes to Chris Archer, you know that you're not going to get a lot of length out of him. Five innings or fewer in every one of his starts as far this season, but Yohan Duran typically piggybacks off of him. He's able to multiple innings. He leads the big leagues in terms of pitches thrown and earn plus miles per hour. He's got a sub-3 ERA. Trevor McGill, he's been able to give you a sub-3-5 ERA. Griffin Jacks has not been tremendous for this team. He's been a little bit banged up as well, and when it comes to someone like Kale Theobar, not necessarily terrific, but they pick up Ode Lopez along with Michael Fulmer to be able to fortify that bullpen. Meanwhile, on the flip side for the Texas Rangers, they do wind up getting back Joe Barlow and what he wound up going down with an injury. That's when things wound up going off the deep end when it comes to this bullpen as Garrett Richards is now on the fold. That's a good thing because he was posting up north of a 10 ERA over the last 45 days. Brock Burke along with Matt Moore have both been able to provide a sub-2 ERA, but bullpen has been all over the place for the Texas Rangers over, we're going to call it the last month and a half. And for the Rangers, you certainly do have guys that are able to go deep for the team as you've got Marcus Simeon coupled with Adolis Garcia between 18 and 20 home runs apiece. Garcia, you're able to throw in their Corey Seager, Jonah Heim, only between about a 250 to a 260. You're able to throw in their Papa Thompson in terms of that batting average as well as Heim has a double-digit amount of homers. Corey Seager right now leads the team 26 home runs going into yesterday. And for the Minnesota Twins, you don't necessarily have a lot of guys going yard other than Byron Buxton. Buxton has been able to get a home run every about 12 or so at bats. He's got 28 overall for the season, but 
lot of guys that do a solid job will be able to move the line. Gilberto Cestino, Gio Urshela, Carlos Correa. All these guys are in between about a 260 to a 270. Nick Gordon has been able to do a solid job of being able to reach base as well. Ode Palanco only in a 235, but he's been able to supply 15 home runs, 341 on base, and Jose Miranda. He's hitting a 290 with a batting average north of a 320 over the last 45 days. That's been relatively impressive to take a look at. And when it comes to Mr. Glenn Otto, it has not necessarily been the world's greatest results for him. Now, I will say, he's been better on the road rather than at home. For Otto, a 598 home year a 3.97 ERA on the road, having given up 13 home runs over the course of 89 innings this season, so right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings, but seven strikeouts per nine innings and 4.9 walks per nine innings. Chris Archer, he's got a little bit of a walks issue as well as he's been giving up right around four and a half walks per nine innings, giving up just one home run per nine. His strikeouts per nine rate right around 7.9, so he's been able to do a solid job there. He has, though, given up at least three runs and now three out of his last five starts, and when you wind up going five innings for fear, that does wind up being a little bit of an issue. As a result, they wind up saying Matola at a 9.3, so here at the 8.5, looking at the over, and with the Twins, needed at least a plus 115 to be able to take a shot, laying around an F. I'm going to be taking a look at that run line. 979-980 on the betting board. It is the Seattle Mariners, and the road face-off gets the Oakland A's, as James Caprillion is going to be going for the A's, and Logan Gilbert is on the bump for Seattle. Seattle is a favorite between minus 172 and minus 185. Between plus 160 and plus 170 is your price on Oakland. 7 is your total. Over is between minus 110 and minus 120. The under is any between even a minus 110. I need at least a plus 140 to be able to take a shot on Oakland. We have certainly been able to get there. Logan Gilbert has been highly impressive for the Seattle Mariners all season long and really doesn't see a dip in production when he does wind up hitting the road as he's got a 312 road ERA compared to a 406 home ERA. So as a matter of fact, he's been a little bit better on the road though, giving up the deep a little bit more when he's been on the road. Home runs per nine rate of right around a 1.15 on the road. Compared to at home, it's a little bit closer to one. But the big thing for Logan Gilbert is he has been certainly struggling a little bit recently, getting right around eight strikeouts per nine innings. But you take a look at his last five starts, 6.59 ERA in that time span, 21 surrendered in 27 and a third innings. And for Logan Gilbert, he did wind up facing off against some stiff competition, going up against the Astros twice, going up against the Yankees twice, but still has given up a combined 16 runs runs over the course of his last 15 and a third innings. Meanwhile, James Caprillion, he has been able to lock it in and go into his own. He has now given up three earned runs or fewer in every one of his starts since the end of June. So this is a nine-star span in which he has given up three runs or fewer. He's been able to do a nice job of being able to keep the ball in the yard as well, giving up just four home runs over the course of this span. And for James Caprillion, he's actually been a little bit worse at home rather than on the road. 470 home ERA compared to a 408 ERA on the road, but has also been able to reduce the walks as well. Overall for the season, Caprillion Right around 3.7 to 3.8 walks per nine innings. Over the course of his last five starts, nine walks in 26 and a third innings. So that's more around three walks per nine innings. And he's backed up by a relatively okay bullpen as well as you've got... Domingo Acevedo, A.J. Puck, Zach Jackson, throwing their Sam Mall, all guys giving you a 3-2 ERA or better now with the Oakland A's. Not a lot in terms of offensive firepower. Among guys that have seen at least 25 at-bats this season, nobody hitting above a 250, but you do have Sean Murphy and Seth Brown. 16-17 to 17 home runs apiece for both of these gentlemen as Brown, Sheldon Noisy, Jonah Bride, Chad Pinder, all in between about a 235 to a 220, so that is a little bit of an issue, but been able to get a little bit more on offense ever since they've been without Ramon Laureano last few days. And then for the Seattle Mariners, you've got Julio Rodriguez along and Eugenio Suarez, both of these guys between 19 and 20 home runs and an on-base percentage right around 325 for Rodriguez. North of 20 stolen bases this season, Mitch Hanniger is back at the fold as he and Ty France 
are both hitting right around a 285. And for Haniger, gotta expect the deep ball to get going as well. He has been banged up for much of the season, but last year when he was fully healthy, 39 home runs was really the guy that they looked to in clutch situations. J.P. Crawford has been a little bit over the place with Sam Haggerty at the bottom of the fold. He's hitting a 300 as well, and this is a Seattle Mariners bullpen that over the last two months, they have been number one in the big leagues in terms of ERA. Got a lot of guys like Andre Munoz along Diego Casio that they start out the year relatively brutal, and they've been able to pick it up. Meanwhile, you've had some of your constants like Penn Murphy, Paul Sewald, Andres Munoz, Throw in there, Eric Swanson have a 275 ERA or better. Matthew Festa has had his ups and downs, but he's able to provide some relatively solid innings as well. So I do think that this is a situation where you're getting Logan Gilbert at a relatively solid time, but I do think that he's going to be a lock-in against lesser competition. But I think that James Caprillion going to continue to be masterful as well. So my total is 6.5. I'm looking at the under in this spot. And when it comes to the Mariners, it's only want to lay up to a minus 140 with them. Need at least a plus 140 to take a shot on Oakland. So look at Oakland money line along with the under, and we wrap things up with 981-982 on the bank board. The Houston Astros, they throw to face off against the Atlanta Braves. Spencer Strider is going to be going for the Braves, and Christian Avier is on the bump for the Astros. 7.5 is your total. Under is between minus 110 and minus 115. The over is any between minus 105 and minus 110. With Atlanta there, a favorite of between minus 132 and minus 140. Seeing a straight minus 130 out there as well. Anywhere between plus 118 and plus 128 is your price on Houston. With Houston, I needed at least a plus 135 to be able to take a shot. I'm willing lay up to a minus 134 on the muddy line of Atlanta. Mostly seeing right around minus 130, minus 132-ish, and that's my buy point pretty much to a T. When it comes to Spencer Strider, the strikeout numbers are absolutely ridiculous. He's been able to get over 13 strikeouts per nine innings. Walks were a little bit of an issue towards the beginning part of the season, but he's been really able to lock in, giving up a combined seven walks over the course of his last five starts, and he's been doing it against good competition. Last four starts have been against the Phillies twice and the Mets twice, so credit where credit is due there. 266 ERA at home over this season, giving up one home run in 50-plus settings in Atlanta this season. Meanwhile, for Christian Javier, he's had his walks issues as well, and he as well has been able to do a great job of being able to get his swings and misses right around 12 strikeouts per nine innings, but a walks per nine rate that is a little bit north of three. Now, he's been able to pitch much better recently. Two runs are fierce surrender in four out of his last five starts, but the Houston Astros have not been able to reward him with wins. They are two and five in his last seven starts, and a big reason why is that they have scored four runs or fewer in all but one of those starts with a lone outlier coming in a 6-3 win against Oakland in his most recent start. But you do take a look at Christian Javier, and he also has had a little bit of a tough time giving up the deep ball right around 1.2 home runs per nine innings for Javier. 380 road here compared to a 235 ERA at home with opponents hitting 80 points higher off of him as opponents hitting just a buck 48 off of him when he is in Houston. And it's an Astros lineup that all of a sudden it is revamped. They pick up Christian Vasquez and Trey Boomo Mancini at the trade deadline. They haven't really utilized Vasquez too much at all. It's still been a lot of Martin Maldonado, but you've got Jose Altuve, Kyle Tucker, a pair of guys that have combined for 40 home runs this season as Tucker, Elamendi, Cies, Trey Bumo, Mancini, Alex Bregman, Jeremy Pena. I mean, between about a 250 to a 265 Bregman. He had a multi-home run game a little bit earlier this week. He's starting to get it going. Jordan Alvarez has seen a little bit of dip in production ever since the All-Star break. By that, I mean he's hitting more like a 260 and not as many home runs recently. Meanwhile, for the Atlanta Braves, still a very fearsome lineup. Ilson Riley goes deep for home run number 31 yesterday. He's hitting a 290. And for that matter, you've got... 
Michael Harris II, Dansby Swanson, and Austin Riley all in between about a 285 to 295. Ronald Acuna Jr. right around a 370 on base. And you've been able to see the young guy in Vaughn Grisham be able to step up for this team. He's hitting darn near 400. He's already got a pair of bombs in his first two weeks at the big league level. Mendelssohn has been a little bit inconsistent with the way that he's been able to get on base, but he's been able to supply 25 home runs. So you absolutely love to see that from him. And for the Atlanta Braves, they do have a bullpen that is second in the National League in terms of ERA. AJ Minter has been able to provide a sub three. ERA. Rossi Iglesias is someone that has really good stuff that they pick up at the trade deadline. Dylan Lee has been able to provide a sub-3 ERA. Kenley Jansen, ever since he came off the injured list, has been solid. Then for the Houston Astros, number one team in terms of bullpen ERA, Rafael Montero, Seth Martinez, Ryan Sanek, all a sub-3 ERA. Sanek for much of the year has had a sub-1 ERA. Ryan Presley has been lights out for this team. Whenever you need to throw it out there, Brian Abreu, he's been able to do a solid job as well. So I do think that both of these pitchers Going to be able to do a great job. I did want to say my total at a 6.8. As a result, I'm going to be taking a look at the under, and I'm willing to lay up to a minus 134 with the Atlanta Braves, and that will wrap things up for the Saturday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. A big thanks to Justin Perry over there at Odds Checker for joining me in the last segment. If you do like what you're from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNRS41. Keep them letters yeah I mean does not matter so as per usual please do send these into the timeline the other way it is fine an Apple podcast review if you rate this podcast five stars it is very much appreciated from there you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast five the five star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season that means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow thank you so much for tuning in at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.